Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. Glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm on cool. Me too. You're doing great. Yeah. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're on cool. Is that my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Grab life big. All right, GoBros, welcome back to the GoBro room. I got Mr. Chris Marone on the line. Chris, welcome to the GoBro room. You ready to get uh, brutally authentic? Yes, sure. All right, buddy. Why don't you give everybody a little five-minute rundown on yourself from the day you were born until today? Sure. I was actually born in Philadelphia. However, a very short stint there, I was I'm one of three. I'm the youngest. So as soon as I came, my parents realized that the apartment we lived in wasn't big enough. So we moved to Cherry Hill, New Jersey, where I resided for a good 30 years until I got married. You know, went to Catholic grade school, went to high school locally there, attended Drexel University, graduated as a chemical engineer, worked for two years. And then I went to law school after that. It was a five-year undergrad. Then I went to law school, became a registered patent attorney. So it was about a 10-year run until I finally got done my education. But simultaneously, while I was in school, I did get married, uh, was engaged, had my first child, actually, when I was taking my last final in a class in my third year. So I have three kids. One is a freshman in college at Rowan University. I have a son who's a junior in high school at Cherokee, a daughter who is seventh grade, the local uh, middle school where we live. I'm a practicing attorney, newly partner with Laletta Birnbaum, which is a great business law firm that we do. I primarily do real estate, general corporate, and intellectual property work, but we have attorneys here that could do anything from litigation, mergers, acquisitions. We represent a lot of software companies. We do a lot. So that's a newly acquired partnership that I'm very happy with. I had my own practice for 13 years, merged uh, with family for 2013 that primarily does personal injury and catastrophic injury cases. Still remain of counsel there, but uh, again, I'm partnered with uh, Loletta Birnbaum. From an investment standpoint and uh, real estate standpoint, I started investing in real estate back in 2001, 2002 with a partner, local flips, things of that nature, learn a business, a lot of foreclosure stuff. That's actually how I met Tim Road in 2008 at foreclosures.com. At the time, he was a coach or Alexis McGee, who was the founder of foreclosures.com. And Tim and I hit it off right away. He mentored me. I hired him as a coach and he helped me learn about commercial real estate and triple net properties and the like. And I acquired something with his help. Tim told me about GoBundance at the time, although I didn't really know too much. And I said, you know, well, we'll talk later. I ultimately stayed connected with Tim and became a member uh, last year, even though I was on an event in 2015. So I've been around GoBundance a while, but I just recently joined a year ago. Since then, it's been fantastic. We have a local chapter in Pennsylvania. The all the guys there, they're very 
motivated and great to be around every month and we mastermind we help each other in business and anything we need i'm one of the few lawyers so it's it's a good for me in terms of my giving back pillar i try to help go abundance members as much as possible you know without and obviously if we have to dive into anything serious and, and get involved but in the process of developing uh, a weekly syndicate so to speak of a legal form i'm working out the details with some of the other elders and, and Pennsylvania chapter guys to get that uh, on board that could be beneficial to the GoBundance members. And I will be attending Steamboat. Looking forward to that and finishing out the year and pretty much it where I am. There you go. That's awesome. Hey, how old are you? I am 46. Okay. All right, cool. All righty. So let's get to some nitty gritty on some numbers here. What percentager are you? Well, I have down 25 whether that's accurate or not, I don't know. Is it, is, I guess my question is, it's been a while, so I was a little bit confused on how that was calculated. So um, what, um, but, what does it cost for you and college education, your seventh grader, your wife? What do you guys spend in a month on personal expenses? Personal expenses are probably... It varies, obviously, with credit cards and personal expenses, but we're probably in the in the ten to fifteen range. All right. So let's say it's fifteen, because that sounds low. But let's say that this is fifteen, and it's one hundred and eighty a year. What do you have horizontally coming in from? You still have that property you bought with Tim Road? I actually don't. What I did this year, which was one of my yearly goals I achieved, I did a 1031 exchange to try to increase the horizontal income, which I did successfully. And so uh, my horizontal income, I bought a Heartland Dental, which is, if people don't know who Heartland Dental is, they probably have over 600 dental offices throughout the Midwest and a lot of the country. They go in and they buy older practices and turn them around. And I have a lot of clients and, and close friends and I'm very close with the dental practice and its success. So I believe in a lot in the dental practice. So Heartland Dental is the uh, leader, so to speak, of uh, the so uh, like dental practice. So a building and yeah, there's it's a, a dental uh, in it. Yes, in uh, Arkansas. It's an absolute net, just like the, uh, I had an AutoZone. So I sold that at about a 5.2 cap and I bought this, I'm in around, 7.5 with escalation. So I was able to really increase my horizontal income. So how much is it now? With my other investments, I'm at about 85K. Okay. So 85K is... And that's before, that's not counting depreciation. So it's technically from a tax standpoint yeah. higher, but in terms no, of netting, great. Just that's what I net. Too. Yeah. 85,000. So let's say one seven, if you're at 170 personal expenses, you're at 50%, not 25%. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. 85 times 2 is 1. So the expenses, right. I got you. Yep. Okay, so what's your net worth? Most recent net worth is, sorry, I don't mean to hold you up. I had it written here. I think it was 3.6. Okay. And what's your vertical income? That'll vary anywhere between like 130 and say 200. You know, a lot of income as an attorney comes with, you know, larger settlements at times and, and things fluctuate a little bit, but it's been pretty consistent over the past five years. Okay. All right. And so let's dig down into a couple of things like health and your give back ratio. How much uh, money or time are you donating uh, to charities or giving back? 
that's the one pillar that uh, I would say is my weakest. Okay. I don't donate or give as much time as I should. I'm, I'm getting better at it, but that's one pillar I'm not good at. That's kind of where I was thinking with developing this weekly in combination that, you know, we have the Wealth Building Wednesdays. Some interest has dropped off, but most importantly, I was thinking of having some type of legal form that I could give back to all the GoBundance members and hmm. have them pick topics and I could, you know, for an hour talk about them and give some free legal advice, you know, and, and help people out and their goals and, you know, doing what they're doing between their real estate and investments and so to speak. Okay. All right. And on that note, like what is your, like what pillar do you think you're the best at if that's the one you're worst at? I think age-defying health. At the gym, five to six days a week, I eat good constantly. Maybe on the weekends, I'll cheat a little bit with a couple glasses of wine, but I'm not a big guy. I'm about 5'4", 145, 150, and I work hard at keeping that weight. When you're short, you know, the six-foot-two guys can walk around with a gut, and it looks good, but when you're <laughs> short, you know, we look like fire plugs, and, you know, I just really work hard at it. I, I really want to keep it fit and good for appearance and people tell me you know I look the same as I did 20 years ago and it's it just all part of the, the positive attitude that we carry and success that we want to be you know but that's my best pillar that's awesome okay so uh, let's talk about that pillar a little bit in more detail so how much do you weigh uh, I'm closer to 150 now which I'm not happy with I'd rather be about 146 147 I know some people are probably saying Jesus it's three four pounds well you got to look at it from a percentage standpoint. It's it makes a big difference to me those three four pounds, and it's a, it's not easy. So you're one. I was doing fifty, and ahead, you want to one forty-seven. Yeah, one forty-five. I'll say it's a better goal. So when you go to the gym, what do you do? For two years, I was doing CrossFit very a lot. I was into it, and those workouts were unbelievable. But obviously, I took in some injuries. And the most recent injury about a year ago was on the lines of a sports hernia kind of hip issue. It's in the groin area. I really haven't identified it. And so what I do now is, you know, I stretch in the sauna every morning because it's really good. You know, I'll do some type of lifting and then, you know, warm up with either running or rowing. I'll do some type of lifting and then I do some type of circuit workout, you know, uh, maybe anywhere from a six minute or to a 20 minute or, you know, that that involves all type of uh, CrossFit exercises, you know, whether it be kettlebells, push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, handstand push-ups, box jumps, all that stuff. I, I change it up every day. Hmm. And then what are you eating? What's your diet like? Breakfast is great. I usually eat eggs, a lot of protein in the morning. Lunch, I'm pretty good at too. It's uh, usually salad. If I go to Wawa, it's, uh, you know, that 200-calorie uh, chicken salad sandwich or pretty consistent. And dinner, my wife cooks every night, and she cooks very good and very healthy. She's healthy as well, but we always eat too much at night because, you know, where we're ended up is usually in bed, so we don't really have to worry about if it makes us tired or not. But So I eat pretty good all week. Friday night comes, Saturday, you know, if we go out to dinner, I'll have a couple glasses of wine, and probably the calories are more than what I want. It's still good, but, you know, eating out is the devil in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. Well, they make the food so we enjoy it and, you know, putting a lot of salt and other stuff, you know, it goes. Yeah, right. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, cool. All right, let's talk about what you want in the future, Chris. Like, what are, well, let's talk about the past a little bit real quick. So everybody has, 
every rock and roll star or country music star has a greatest hits album. What would you say Chris Marone's greatest hits album consists of? What five items? Okay, well, graduating as a chemical engineer in law school were obviously big moments for me. It was a lot of work and a lot of, you know, stress. Passing both the bars, you know, as well as the patent bar. The patent bar was one of the biggest accomplishments. It's a very difficult uh, test. So, and so it's kind of like a, that. It's kind of like a doctor, right? You got to kind of you pass the regular bar, then you got to pass on another bar called the patent. Yeah, bar. I haven't heard of that. Well, to be a pet, yeah, to be a patent attorney, meaning if you want to practice before the patent and trademark office, like if somebody has inventions or stuff, you have to be a registered patent attorney. So if you have a science or engineering undergrad combined with a law degree, you could take the patent bar. So it's a, it's a separate bar. I have that license. And it's one of the probably the most difficult one out there. Getting married, obviously, was a big uh, thing for me. Birth of all my children. And then I have to put in there my new partnership this year because it's something that I uh, work towards. And I think from being 46 years old and having 17, 18 years of law practice, this is going to really propel me into, you know, doing things I love and growing, you know, so I have more time for my family and building more horizontal income and things of that nature. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, mm -hmm. good. So now what about future greatest hits? What do you want your five future greatest hits to be? Well, I told my kids and my family in 2019, the summer, we're going to take a nice two-week trip to Europe because that's when my son will graduate high school and my little one will graduate eighth grade and it'll be a good timing. So I got to stick to that. I love to play poker. I don't play as much as I used to. I played in the World Series three times, but I haven't been there since 2010. So my mm -hmm. one of my things, I want to get back there hopefully in 2018. I do want to get to Africa. A lot of my greatest hits involve vacationing and trips. So that's uh, kind of where I am. You know, be able to get to my mark of three to 350,000 of horizontal income is definitely a future greatest hit goal you know, and then purchase a Bay property in Ocean City. Right now, I'm across the street from the beach, and I've been there, and I love it, but I want to get on the Bay. So that's one of my goals for the future. There you go. Very good. And I think your greatest hit is winning the World Series of Poker. Uh, going without saying, or just cashing would be nice, too, <laughs> but winning would be. Forget about it. That's all right. Okay, cool. So, hey, I wanted to dig into something. Uh, you don't have to go into specifics about that uh, this particular case, but, you know, you were on Facebook. We were all on Facebook in the group the other night, and one of the members was like, hey, I started a podcast, and uh, I got a cease and desist letter from someone saying that the, you know, material in his podcast, you know, conflicted with theirs or whatever you want to call it which everybody in our group was like, that's preposterous because, you know, that's yep. kind of like saying in America, you can't sell apples because there's another person selling apples. Can you talk about that? Like what, is that something yeah, I could, worried about? Yeah, I could tell you, I could talk, I can't go into any conferences, yeah, yeah, no, not obviously, specifics, but, but just and, and, and I'll be glad that once it's finalized to kind of give a summary to everybody too, but it was, it's a little bit more than just, you know, saying, hey, I'm a podcast and I want to, people to invest in, you know, multifamily uh, apartments. You know, we all know who it was, but he was a um, member of this uh, company for a good eight, nine years. And they've developed certain intellectual properties and confidential information that in reliance upon that, using it to then, you know, their system, so to speak. So 
while we all agree that, you know, how are you going to stop people? And, and Texas law is very favorable, by the way, in terms of what damages they can get. So that's in our favor. You just have to be careful with intellectual property, whether it be patents, trademarks, copyrights, all of that, because it's very broad. And I could tell you that things are looking very good in our favor and not that preposterous, but it, it seems like something that oh, I because see. you're it's using, like a, they have this, they have this huge database, so to speak. Okay. Yes. I, I didn't oh, well, know, that's what it is. I didn't know the background They're, of it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I thought you did. He did. No. It's a cease and desist, but they did sign a confidentiality agreement. Oh, so I there's didn't know a non compete. I just thought it was. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, 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 I just thought. Oh, just an out of the blue stop doing what you're doing? Yeah, that's what everybody thought. Oh, no, no, no. No, no. They, 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 had a, uh, they were an employer employee and uh, they signed in a confidentiality agreement, you know, saying that, and they're utilizing information that they had and it's, it's a little bit more involved in that. Got it. Okay. But All right. Good thing is, is I think it's going to be very favorable to Mr. Peterson. So we'll, we'll be okay. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy, you know, mentioned to me the other day, he's like, should we trademark Fambundance, the name? And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot, uh, you always hear conflicting messages about that. You know, I mean, a name is a name. And is it, is it worth spending a thousand bucks to trademark something? I mean, well, here's what trademark does. I mean, I, I if it's available after you do a search and you determine that it's, you know, there's trademarks and there's service marks. I think this would be more of a service mark because we're so really not selling thought, it. Yeah. We're not selling a good. Trademarks are goods. Then you have services. I provide mm-hmm. a service. I'm an attorney. Right. So I okay. would service mark my name. But important, the point is, is that if it's, if you successfully registered with the patent and trademark office, now you have the rights to it and they have to be in the same industry, so to speak. Somebody else can. If you if you develop a lot of goodwill and a lot of strength of this mark and people know us and so forth and so on, somebody else can't use it for their benefit. They'd be infringing. So that's why you would want, but then you say to yourself, what, it's not like you're creating this uh, name that's, you know, going to make you, you know, this huge operation that, you know, if somebody infringes, the test is likelihood of confusion. So would somebody be confused if somebody else put fanbundance out there and they were doing the same thing? Would they be confused and go to that one rather than us? Well, they probably and wouldn't. They would be the, stealing our business. Yeah, they probably wouldn't do the same thing. They would. It would probably be like fanbundance soap, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It wouldn't be. Yeah, well, then that's not it, really infringing unless yeah. you develop such a strength of the mark over time. For example, Wawa is so strong. That if I used Wawa to sell something totally outside the food industry, what they do, I'm still going to be infringing because everybody and their brother would affiliate that name with the Wawa convenience store because that's how strong of a market is. So there's different categories of trademarks and service marks and the strength of the mark is so important. That's really how you have to look at it as well. And you develop strength over time. So it's a complicated area of law, but in terms of should you, well, if it's yours and you want it, of course, it's worth spending the money if you want to trademark. And, and, you know, right now you could just simply put an SM next to it. That puts everybody on notice that you are claiming that mark is yours. You mean without even filing any paperwork? Yep. The R, if you see an R in a circle next to something, that means it's registered. It's a registered trademark. If you see TM or SM, that means that I'm saying this is my trademark, this is my service mark, and I'm putting the world on notice of that because the law has to do with who uses it first. So you just that's put why when that whole complication with pot.com, did you see that one? No, tell me about it. 
It was on our same Facebook page. Oh, remind me? That, uh, right. Yeah, these guys, one of our guys have pot.com, P-O-T, and they stumbled upon P-Zero-T.com, and they were concerned with the lawyers they were using, whether, you know, his lawyer gave a vague answer, like, you know, it may be confusion with the names and so forth and so on. So that's kind of where that whole thing went. But I don't know how they made out with oh, that. Yeah, I didn't I handle that. that now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a domain um, you know, name. I mean, shit, you could do pretty much anything with a domain name. Well, yeah, domain names, you own that, but domain names could also be, could be trademarked, you know, as, as the name. But, you know, somebody puts P0T, definitely going to be confusion between pot.com and P0T.com. But, you know, it's every, I don't mean to be vague, but every case is factually different. You have to look at the strength of the mark, what industry they're in, and whether there's likelihood of confusion. And there's all different, that's just one umbrella of so many different areas of trademark and service mark law as it relates. But when you have a federal registration, you have the right to go after anybody in any state. If you just, if you don't, then you only have it in the jurisdiction you use it. That's why getting involved in the internet is a little bit more hairy because you're technically reaching out to the whole world. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. I created a company, Rebus University. and um, Yeah, I saw that. You were asking people's opinions on the name and all that. Did you trademark that? I didn't trademark it, no. I bought the domain. You, you think probably I think about that because that, well, it, it seems like it's something that you're doing. It's pretty big, right? I mean, it's... Yeah, it's growing. It's, it's growing pretty fast. I mean, but, you know, and I saw... Well, university is not going to be... You're not going to be able to trademark university, obviously, but the Rebus, how did you come up with that? I just made it up for a company name. You know, I mean, it, it means something. It means prosperity in Greek, and it means... And it's a language that was used to by the cavemen to, to draw pictures, and it's, uh, it's short for real estate business. So there was a lot of different ideas behind it, but I didn't, and no one had the domain. There is some university or something in Spain called Rebus University that you can find online, but I just figured... I didn't figure. Do you think you think I should to trademark that? Well, you know, I mean, the word university is broad enough that if anybody's going to come up with any name close to it, they're probably going to be in the same industry. I mean, it can't hurt to get searches done and see what, you know, whether you can or before you file for registration, the first thing we do as attorneys is we do a search. We act, you know, the devil's advocate examiner who's going to basically get our application and do the same thing. And we're going to see if there's any marks out there that are going to give you a hardship. And we give you an opinion of whether or not you should file for one or not. And, and the benefit of having that opinion is twofold. One, you obviously know whether to move forward. And two, let's say you get a cease and desist letter uh, two years from now and said, hey, you know, we've been Rebus University since uh, 1995. We need you to stop. You know, well, now you're going to go back to the opinion letter you got from your attorney and say, did they advise me of this? Did they tell me this? So you're, so you got, you covered your ass, so to speak. You're not a willful infringer. You see, if we would have gave you a report that said, hey, there's this company from 1995, they're, they're really successful and you need to stop using this mark. And you didn't you see the difference. It's all about notice. Mm. And that's the type of work you do? Oh yeah, we I do. I'm, I'm an intellectual property attorney. Like I said, the firm I'm with, we do. We're a business firm. We do everything from real estate to general corporate to intellectual property. We're business-minded lawyers. We could do everything. Yeah. I have 23 attorneys here that you know came from large firms. And our niche is that we're better than the big firms and we're a lot, lot cheaper. Because, we, we, again, we look at the client and we're smaller and we have better attention and we're 
we're more business minded. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I stuff. wouldn't have came on if it wasn't uh, like that. Right. Absolutely. Cool. All right. So I think we pretty much covered everything, Chris, to be honest with you. We kind of got lost. Yeah, we talked about my health. Yeah, I yeah. think we did. I mean, what's your what's your uh, life happiness index? Uh, I am very happy. <laughs> it's It was, a, well, let me give you a quick, 2017 was a rough year that when I look back in July, you know, I definitely said the man upstairs was challenging me. You know, my daughter had some personal issues we were dealing with, and she had an incident that I had to attend to. She was out in Italy, and I had an emergency go out and get her from there. And I don't need to go into details, but she's fine. But And at the same time, my son tears his ACL in a soccer game. But I didn't know he tore his ACL, whatever. So the, the afternoon, I'm leaving to go to the airport in an emergency to go get her. Uh, we leave the ortho, and he thinks that he tore his ACL. And my son's a very good soccer player, good wrestler, and I was a wrestler, so I took it harder than him. <laughs> so we all live vicariously through my kids. The point I'm making is I was so distraught. I mean, I just the whole month of July, I was barely down to shore. I had to deal with his surgery, deal with all these things. And it was just, it was like, like I said, I was very unhappy. But at the same time, I battled through that and still ended up achieving my 1031, which was a huge goal of mine. And, you know, thanks to you know, David Osborne, Tim Road, even I called you at one time. You gave me a connection to a guy in uh, Wisconsin. Right, right. I don't right, recall. Yeah. He's a good friend. Yeah. So I got through all that and I ended up with this new partnership and merger and things. So what seemed so bad, I still was able to achieve so good, if that makes any sense. So it's kind of a learning lesson. You just got to plow through sometimes. And sometimes the man upstairs challenges us. And, you know, so I'm very happy right now. And, my daughter's having a great year at Rowan. She's a soccer player, doing well. My son's three months in. He's rehabbing. He's getting there. You know, he's dealing with some psychological issues because that's what that injury does. But he's getting through it, so everything's good. I, I couldn't be happier. I mean, we could be, but, you know, you got to take your good with your bad. That's awesome, buddy. <laughs> that's awesome, Chris. Well, listen, man, this has been fun. I'll um, definitely look forward to catching up. Listen, call me or email me anytime you need oh, anything, yeah. you know, from your businesses or whatever. That's what I'm here for, and I'm trying to reach out to more guys and let them know that because, you know, having a, a, a GoBro brother looking out for you is always beneficial, and it helps me to give back as well and, and do things very, you know, you know, a lot of these lawyers are just looking to get in your pockets, and that's not what I'm looking to do. I'm looking to help you guys and grow with you and help you grow and things of that nature. That's awesome, so, buddy. It's all good. All right. all right, Chris. Well, look, buddy, I look forward to catching up with you in Steamboat, yep. and uh, best of luck Absolutely. You, uh, in the next few months, man. Thanks, Pat. Talk to you soon. Grab life big. <laughs> <laughs>